the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show. Sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. The masks take another hit. Yep. I'm pretty sure there are still places where kids are required to wear masks. Um, and earlier today, I was in a place of business where the receptionist was actually wearing one. Well, now there's a study from researchers at several universities in Spain, and uh, they studied mask mandates in the region of Catalonia. They looked at data from 1,907 schools. Uh, that included 599,314 kids in the first term of the 2021 school year. And, of course, that was the height of COVID hysteria. Here's what it says, quote, The main findings of the study showed no significant differences for children in the last grade preschool in the first year of primary education and transmission indicators during the study. Despite their differences in mask mandates, in conclusion, mask mandates in schools showed no significant differences in terms of transmission. Conversely, we found that age is a key component explaining transmission in children, unquote. And then it goes on to say, uh, the strong age dependency of transmission of SARS-CoV-2 in schools. So that's uh, a lot of it is dependent on the age of the kid and had nothing to do uh, with whether or not they were wearing masks. And of course, there's a study by a German doctor named Zacharias Fogan. Uh, He did a study uh, of a school system in Kansas. There was something about that school system that lent itself to doing a – because of the way the mandates were set up that made it easy to uh, study the differences between mandated schools and not mandated schools. Anyway, the quote is, uh, the most important finding in this study is that contrary to the accepted thought that fewer people are dying because infection rates are reduced by masks – This was not the case. Results from the study strongly suggest that mask mandates actually caused about 1.5 times the number of deaths or 50% more deaths compared to no mask mandates, unquote. You have taken all that in as you think about looking at your kids going out the door to go to school with masks on and looking at those poor little kids waiting for buses, standing outside wearing masks for all that time. Drove me nuts. Anyway, they'll probably be arguing about masks long after we're all dead. But how would you feel if you knew that Dr. Tony Fauci, when he was hanging around the White House, was laughing at the people who followed his advice on masks? Yep. When we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who says he witnessed that. And in our second half hour, a guy who's going to tell you that the Great Reset is here. Stick around. It's one thing to say you are wired differently, but another to prove it. Hi, I'm Todd Saylor, author of Wired Differently. I'm an ordinary person who achieved extraordinary results by embracing the idea that I was wired differently. As a motivational speaker, entrepreneur, athlete, world record holder, and philanthropist, I found that being wired differently was an asset. Wired Differently empowers you to think differently differently. Dig into your unique talents and discover new ways of solving problems. With more than 35 years in the corporate world, I've helped countless teams, leaders, and organizations solve complex business problems in numerous industries by thinking differently. At Wired Differently, we're a creative company that offers innovative resources to help people become more empowered and take charge in their own direction. See the world differently at ToddSailor.com. That's Todd, S-A-Y-L-O-R.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. 
we teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an extra $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code S-A-L-E-M. Use code SALEM for an extra $0.25 per gallon back in your first fill-up. Cashback's not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Early on during the uh, COVID hysteria, I had Dr. Cyril Wecht on here to talk about masks. And he went off on the stupidity of people wearing them outside, first of all. And he really went crazy over people wearing masks to walk into a restaurant and then taking them off when they sat down to eat together. Well, guess who else was laughing at those people? Maybe you've heard of this guy, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, Brian Morgenstern is co-author of Vignettes and Vino, Dinner Table Stories from the Trump White House with Recipes and Cocktail Pairings, and he joins us now. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, Brian. Thank you. Hey, I'm happy to be with you, John. Thanks for having me on. So uh, before we get to uh, Dr. Fauci, how, how did you have access to dinner table stories at the White House? <laughs> well, I had the honor of serving as President Trump's deputy press secretary and deputy communications director. And prior to that, I was a deputy assistant secretary of the Treasury. So I got to be a part of a lot of great successes. Uh, confirming a Supreme Court justice, passing the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, leading to the hottest economy, most inclusive economy we've ever had. Uh, the CARES Act, of course, helping the country get through the pandemic with all the relief programs. So uh, I had an opportunity to do a lot of good. It was a, a tremendous honor. And now I'm just excited to share some of these stories, uh, really interesting stories with color from the White House about what it's like behind the scenes in the president's private study on Air Force One, in the Situation Room, all sorts of really fun, interesting details that I think any American who appreciates our history will really enjoy. Well, I uh, I didn't think of this till just now, but when I think of Donald Trump, I think of him eating Big Macs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how many of those dinner parties were just uh, uh, the prez, you know, scarfing down some 
McDonald's or whatever, fast food, pizza. <laughs> he does, he does have funny taste. He loves McDonald's. Uh, of course, the picture of him serving hamburgers to the national championship right. football team yeah. in Clemson is iconic. Uh, you know, I've seen him eat, uh, coconut shrimp. Um, he likes, of course, a charred steak bathed in ketchup. <laughs> he's got, he's got wild taste. I don't necessarily share his taste in food. Yeah. Uh, we've got, but we've got some interesting recipes in there. Our steak sandwich recipe is in honor of his love of steak. We do it differently though. Thinly sliced, medium rare, well seasoned with a garlic aioli. It's really a terrific uh, recipe. But but uh, the president ate his ate ketchup with his steak, or ate but put ketchup on steak. Oh yeah, he likes it charred like a hockey puck with ketchup. <laughs> it's 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 sacrilege. But, what, but <laughs> so if, 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 if he's eating a fillet, he's got it's charred like a hockey puck and it's got ketchup on it. That is uh, the way the president likes it. Well, I hate. To, uh, maybe my wife will kill me for telling you this, but my wife eats ketchup on steak. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, she in, she's in good company then yeah, with yeah. the 45th president. Yeah. So, so what was the scene when you heard uh, Doctor Fauci talking about masks, and what exactly did he say? Yeah. So we were in a meeting in the Roosevelt Room of the White House, and he was laughing about how ridiculous it was that people would walk into a restaurant with a mask on and then sit down and take it off and have a whole meal and conversation with no mask on. And so he was laughing about how ridiculous that was. He also laughed at how ridiculous his comments were that he encouraged people to not only wear masks, but multiple masks and goggles. And he was laughing at how ridiculous that was, but he was still going out and saying these things. So uh, because he wanted to keep people scared and he believed in you know, strict uh, policies. Uh, but even though some of them were ridiculous and he was laughing at them behind the scenes, he wasn't telling this to the American people. That's pretty scary, actually, uh, Brian. Um, and when he was doing this, what was the action, reaction from the other people who were in the room at the time? What, did they think I mean, it was funny? It, well, there, I mean, people were in agreement that it was ridiculous. Um, it, it, it's not funny that they're still telling people this. And really, if you look at the record throughout the pandemic, I mean, he's been wrong about every major issue. He, In the beginning, in January of 2020, he said it was not something the American people should be concerned with. Then he said, don't wear masks. They're not effective. Then he said, yes, you should wear masks. Wear multiple masks and wear goggles. Then he was wrong about how the vaccine development process took us about nine months with Operation Warp Speed. He said, there's no way you can do it in less than 18 months. So he was wrong by 100 percent. He was wrong about when President Trump should get vaccinated because he had already had COVID and had antibodies. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, he's been really, really wrong, but he's the highest paid government employee, so paid for his prognostication. But the guy's always wrong. So that's really dangerous for the country to have him in a position of authority. So, but here's my question. Um, if he, if you were aware of how often he was wrong, are you looking at this in hindsight? Or did the people around the White House, did they notice how often he seemed to be wrong? And if so, why didn't he get fired? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So at the time, during the pandemic, really in the throes of it, we weren't sure what we were dealing with. It was the invisible enemy uh, at the time. I think voices that were saying it's better to be safe than sorry or winning out. Hindsight being 2020, uh, you know, he should have been removed because he was doing a bad job. But he was also the longest serving, you know, infectious disease expert in the government. Um, the president, President Trump, actually summed up feelings at the time. Uh, in a conversation, I think it was leaked audio from a meeting with donors, where he said, this guy's throwing bombs every day on TV, but if I fire him and take him off TV, then that's a huge bomb right there because the media loved him so much and the Democrats loved him so much, they would attack President Trump as, you know, being against science or against medicine or something. So his, uh, his take on it was that he was between a rock and a hard place. He didn't really trust his advice. He wanted to get rid of him. But if he got rid of him, that was going to be a huge controversy also. So really, he didn't have a good choice to make. It was only bad choices when it came to Fauci at that point. Well, at what point, though, uh, do you think he started to house, I guess, how early on did he start looking at this guy and saying, 
uh, what am I doing? Who who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, the president has made comments that you know really early on when he was putting in travel bans and taking some of the the really extreme precautions that he was taking when people were dying at you know the rate of thousands per day, and we didn't really know what we were dealing with at the beginning. Uh, there were issues where he was disagreeing with Fauci early on. Um, and I think over the course of the time we were there, uh, the distrust only really grew. And you heard that in, in Trump's comments, I think, over the course of you know the many months that we were there. So I guess the problem, though, is that Donald Trump may be the president, but he's not a doctor. So how do you argue with a doctor and um, with any credibility? If you're not, I don't care who you are. If you're the president, you're still not a doctor, right? And so, uh, and Fauci was propped up by the media and the Democrats uh, as you know, kind of America's doctor. Of course, I wouldn't want him to be my personal doctor, let alone right. America's doctor, because he's wrong all the time. But um, I would say that you know, the president brought in Scott Atlas, for example, who was a voice. Yeah. Uh, who, in essence, was saying the cure can't be worse than the disease. Right. You have to consider factors other than just COVID because Fauci was really laser focused on trying to prevent people from getting COVID, but not considering economics, missed medical appointments, you know, collateral damage. Um, he was just laser focused on this one thing. So the president brought in Scott Atlas as one example of a doctor who uh, and also uh, was consulting with other doctors at Harvard, Stanford, Oxford uh, for their recommendations. So he was trying to get a diverse set of voices. It's just that the media class loved Fauci so much he was really dominant. Okay, so that's my next question. And we're, we're talking to Brian Morgenstern. He's the author of Vignettes and Vino, Dinner Table Stories from the Trump White House with Recipes and Cocktail Pairings. Uh, I have to ask you, I mean, you, you served as a, a deputy press secretary so that means that you dealt with the media on a personal level. Um, you had to probably deal with them every day. What was it that prevented them from noticing that Fauci was wrong all the time, other than their hatred for Donald Trump? Yeah, it, there's there's a partisanship to it, I believe. Um, their viewers, I think, they, they liked Fauci for ratings. I think he rated pretty well. Uh to the extent they would cover how much he was wrong, I remember a story coming out that the White House communications staff had put together uh, information regarding how frequently Fauci was wrong, and they portrayed that as oppo research that the White House was attacking Fauci, and they actually spun it in a way that was favorable to Fauci. At that time, I think the those who were opposed to Donald Trump latched on to the narrative that he wasn't taking the pandemic seriously because they thought that that sort of narrative would damage his chances of re-election. And ultimately, I believe it did damage his chances of re-election, unfortunately. So I think uh, it was sort of people picking a team uh, that really ended up propping, propping up Dr. Fauci, who was not good at his job. Well, and, and how much did Dr. Fauci, uh, how, how much of his support came from the fact that he had been in Washington so long He's a bureaucrat who's been there since the 80s, 40 years. Um, and and I talk about this a lot here on the show with people who were around uh, Donald Trump during his presidency, um, that Donald Trump was despised by the longer you were in Washington, the more you despised him because he was not one of them. And so yeah, that was Fauci one of them, and Trump was an interloper and a guy who's clueless about how, how we do things around here? Well, the swamp is real, yeah. uh, and certainly Fauci knew how to pull the levers of power because he was here for so long. He's a very effective media pundit, and he used that to his advantage because as soon as you know he was pulled off the air for like a, a short amount of time, the outrage would be, oh, he's being silenced. In fact, he even claimed that the White House staff was silencing him during an interview on 60 Minutes, which is one of the highest rated programs on television, without a hint of irony that he was being silenced. So uh, he, he was able to use uh, his knowledge of the bureaucracy and his knowledge of how the media works in Washington uh, to sort of thwart President Trump. And it became evident to us that he was really rooting 
for Team Biden. He's a longtime friend of Ron Klain, now Biden's chief of staff. Um, he's the only person I know to use the word Latinx unironically, <laughs> which I think is a signal of uh, partisanship yeah, these right. days. Um, so, yeah, he certainly used his institutional knowledge to his advantage and, unfortunately, to the disadvantage of the administration. Kind of a uh, dangerous thing for someone who had the power that he had, unprecedented power, actually, uh, to go on television and say, we should shut down the schools, and then the next day the schools are shut down. Kind of dangerous for people to just continue to accept that from someone like that. I, again, I'm, I'm stunned by the fact that the media wouldn't understand what they were doing to the country by, by promoting this guy and, and, and supporting everything he said. Yeah, it was really a singular focus on getting Trump, defeating Trump, and by any means necessary. Including and killing so, killing people and ruining people's lives. Yes, as Dr. Atlas had pointed out uh, countless times, and, and others now who are, I think, rightfully getting credit for being correct, like Jay Bhattacharya, um, other doctors at, at Harvard, Stanford, Oxford, the, the ones who were involved with that great Barrington Declaration yep. were correct, and I think now they're getting that credit. But remember, there's another scandal where... Fauci and Francis Collins were were speaking with reporters, getting basically launching a PR hit job on doctors who disagreed with Fauci's position. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, can you think of something more unscientific than a scientist suppressing dissent, suppressing questions about, uh, you know, what what's accurate? What are the facts? What's the best policy? Science is supposed to be about questioning and about getting deeper, finding the truth. Um, so that just goes to show how sort of ego-driven rather than science-driven uh, he was. And it was to the detriment of the country, unfortunately, not just the administration, which he was hurtful to Trump in the re-election effort, but he was really, really harmful to the American people in terms of policy. To the detriment is one thing. To the destruction almost of the country is another and he he came close to doing that uh he he just literally destroyed millions of lives it's amazing that uh that he's even allowed to uh, show up on television anywhere and is taken seriously by anybody but uh the description of your book and again it's uh the name of the book is vignettes and vino dinner table stories from the trump white house with recipes and cocktail pairings and the author is brian morgenstern he's with us now the description on your book uh, of your book on Amazon says these are true, human, lighthearted, and significant moments from the highest stakes environment on Earth, the White House. So, uh, how often were moments in the White House lighthearted, especially during those days? Uh, well, President Trump is famously very funny and very charming in person, and so there are a lot of lighthearted moments, especially with him uh, on Air Force One in in, in his private study. Uh, I recall discussing uh, when Kamala Harris was announced as the vice presidential running mate during the election. I was prepping the president for a press conference, and he said, "Well, I have to welcome her to the race. Do I call her the VP candidate?" For Joe Biden or the VP candidate for Sleepy Joe, <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, you got to say Sleepy Joe." <laughs> I laughed, and so he did. Um, oh yeah, yeah, so he did. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just one example. Um, we talk about some of our meetings with Jared Kushner and other senior officials. Who, I mean, he was one who was really quite effective. I know he's out promoting a book now, but we worked with him and, and got along great. Um, we talk a lot about just life in the White House, what it's like to go to the Navy mess, which is where the, the staff are phenomenal chefs. And we have a recipe in there honoring their grits, which are delicious. They're cheesy grits. Um, we talk about what it's like. Uh, well, the president is the only one to serve in that job who was first a WWE Hall of Famer. And so he had, in his private study, wrestling belts all over the wall, which is just hysterical and so weird. Uh, but I love to share those details with people. Uh, and really humanize those of us who worked in the administration, who I think really did make the country stronger with our economic policies, especially on foreign policy with the strength and unpredictability of Trump, I think led to a safer world. Uh, so I, I want to present those stories. We're just normal people who got to do, you know, be in an extraordinary environment. And we want to share it with people. We love our country. We love history. And we think people will enjoy 
uh, hearing our perspective. Well, I'm out of time, Brian, but I hope the recipes weren't classified. I don't want anybody coming after your cell phone or anything. <laughs> I, I hope not. I did get it cleared through the NSC process, so hopefully I won't uh, get a visit from the FBI, although they seem to be visiting a lot of people these days. Well, so it, who knows? All right. Well, well, good luck with the book. Thanks for being on the show. Hope to have you on again. Sounds great. Happy to come on anytime. Thank okay. you, John. Okay, that's Brian Morgenstern. The book is... Vignettes and Vino, dinner table stories from the Trump White House with recipes and cocktail pairings. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Republicans have staved off an effort by Senate Democrats to put new restrictions on campaign contributions. The Disclose Act would have forced so-called dark money groups, those who spend money on elections, to reveal the names of donors who give more than $10,000. Democrats argue it's a matter of transparency. GOP leader Mitch McConnell calls the bill an insult to the First Amendment. Knowing the bill had no chance of passage, Democrats forced the vote to make Republicans go on record against the new restrictions, hoping it may tarnish their image ahead of the midterm elections. Bob Agner reporting. The number of Americans filing for jobless benefits rose slightly last week. Applications for unemployment benefits for the week ending September 17th rose by 5,000 to 213,000, according to the Labor Department. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 63 points and the Nasdaq off 145. This is SRN News. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Dennis Prager worries what Putin will do. So we have a problem, though. Putin, for his own survival, can't lose. So what, what will he do in order to win? In that sense, the Ukrainians might lose if they win, and they might lose if they lose. It's a very difficult dilemma but you gotta salute the ukrainians the dennis prager show weekdays at noon right before sebastian gorka at three on am 1250 the answer my dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house when i heard about dynavite nutritional supplement i thought why not couldn't hurt we literally tried everything else our dog quickly took to it And after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223. Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still a very busy rush hour along outbound 28. Heavy delays from Route 8 up to RIDC Park. 
Parkway East inbound trip. It's clogged up 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound delays, Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Homewood South area is an accident, Susquehanna Street and Durango Way. Parkway West, busy outbound Banksville Road to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. It'll be breezy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see partly cloudy skies. Dress warmly as we'll see significant chillier weather than recent nights. Expect a low of 44. Mostly sunny and cool tomorrow. Tomorrow will reach a high of 61. Patchy clouds tomorrow night with a low of 44. Beautiful start to the weekend Saturday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high Saturday of 65. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. If someone mentioned the Great Reset, they were looked at as some kind of conspiracy nut. We first started hearing about it a lot during the early days of COVID hysteria. It doesn't seem so nutty anymore, at least it shouldn't. Mark Morano of ClimateDepot.com has written a book called The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. And he joins us now. Mark, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So the Great Reset uh, seems like a relatively new term, uh, but has the movement, if if it can be called that, I guess, uh, been around a long time? Yes. In the United States, I trace it back to 1913, Woodrow Wilson's administration. And they thought they were actually helping people. It It was an ideology about believing that the managerial class or the administrative state or essentially credentialed experts can manage our daily lives to keep us out of trouble and help manage the economy and help manage society and development. And this was an ideology where it's like, you know, people shouldn't be burdened with all the stresses of making these decisions that this managerial class of experts, unelected bureaucrats would take care of it. Now, we saw this, that it, it, it ebbed and waned throughout the 20th century. It came back with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. One of his advisors actually proposed what sounded like a green new, uh, both a Green New Deal and a Great Reset, calling for nationalization of energy, agriculture, uh, transportation, even the control of, of information. And he called it government control of propaganda and information. They didn't use the word disinformation or misinformation. So this has been going on. And what happened was in March 2020, when COVID lockdowns came, WAMO, the World Economic Forum, which had coined the phrase Great Reset back to 2014, said it's a rare, narrow window of opportunity, which we can reset the world. And it finally imposed this sort of uh, controls over the rest of us. And that's what they've been doing. They're actively collapsing our energy, our transportation and our food and our First Amendment rights. And now they're after they collapse it all, they're going to say the free market failed and we need government takeover and more government control. So to what end, though, Mark? I mean, I know they want the power, but why do they want the power? Is it is it because just because they want the power or do they do you think they legitimately and really believe that they do know what's best and that I need uh, Joe Biden to tell me what to do or or um, or Justin Trudeau to you know live my life? Well, that's a good question. They, 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 there's a, a whole set of people that, you know, that, for instance, politicians are afraid and they go along and they know that this will give them power, part of it. Then you have the corporate world that's going to make a lot of money off of this as they, their monopolies grow, grow wealthier. People like Bill Gates uh, had a, 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 a 35% increase in wealth. Uh, at, from the beginning of COVID lockdowns till just recently, they, someone did an evaluation. So the kind of wealth transfers you get. But ultimately, this is an ideology of people who think it's kind of like Marxism or, or sort of form of fascism. They think this is the best form of society. And they actually believe that if we, the unwashed masses, are left to our own devices, we'll create inequity, racism, white supremacy, environmental destruction, a climate crisis, and that we need to be managed. That is why on every major decision, think back to lockdowns. We didn't vote. We couldn't decide whether we wanted to have churches closed or businesses closed or masking of our kids uh, or canceling of weddings and funerals. But hey, Walmart was somehow allowed to be open. We didn't vote uh, to end gas-powered cars. But, hey, California issued an executive order and an unaccounted bureaucratic board came up with a timetable. 
And that's how we didn't vote to end meat eating, but that's happening now behind the scenes. We didn't vote um, on a whole host of these issues. And that's what the way they like it, because they're doing things that are for our own good. And if you look at it with a positive spin, it's just like the COVID lockdowns. Public health issued those dictates because they didn't think we were smart enough to know how to handle any virus. And we had to be told with tape on the floor which direction we could walk, whether we could have a back yard barbecue, how many people, whether you could celebrate 4th of July. That was their ultimate expression of the Great Reset in action. They got to have that not only power, but they have that ideological satisfaction to see their their vision that they'd had for 100 years come to fruition in the once free West. Well, I agree with everything you said there, but here, here and, and it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's like uh, you say that it's done by executive order and nobody voted for it. But and I agree yeah. with that. But what I say to that is, yeah, but the people voted for Justin Trudeau and they voted for Gavin Newsom. And if Gavin Newsom ran for governor tomorrow, he'd win in a landslide. If the Republicans put up Thomas Jefferson, he'd win in a landslide. So uh, how do you uh, and the people are getting what they vote for? Good, good point. But here's the, here's the only thing I would say in response to that is. This was never, they didn't run on this. In other words, they didn't run as COVID authoritarians, although I guess people reelected Gavin Newsom with that. They've always been told, though, that this is going to be a painless, like, for instance, the Green Revolution. You're going to make money. We're going to have an abundant society. Even Sri Lanka, the president said it's going to be the most prosperous country once they ban all modern farming and go all organic. And, of course, the country collapsed. So there's a lot of that deception. But the bigger thing is they used fear. So these, the progressives and liberals are more prone to this kind of fear for whatever reason. When it comes to climate, when it comes to COVID, they actually believe that people like Mario Cuomo, Governor Newsom, kept them safe, kept their families safe, forced other kids to mask in kindergarten for eight hours a day. They kept their kids safe. So that's why you see these Fauci signs out there that say, thank you, Mr. Fauci. So the reason people will vote for this is because it's a, it's a worldview where they believe this is government's job. They're, it's kind of like a conservative would believe you need law and order in the streets. Well, these people believe we need law and order or we need government, uh, you know, real strong government in terms of uh, monitoring uh, COVID, stopping a planetary disaster. These are climate cops. So you see how it works out. It depends on your worldview. So people believe, you know, people who believe in freedom uh, don't don't fall for this idea of a great reset and leaders like Gavin Newsom. But the people who want to be safe and want government to protect us and save us from a climate crisis, save us from a virus, they're going to eat this up and, and reelect people like Newsom and Mario Cuomo. Probably. I keep saying Cuomo. Uh, not Mario Cuomo, but uh, uh, the son. What's his name? What was his first name? Governor Cuomo Governor in New York. Cuomo, yeah. He could get reelected. Andy. What was Andrew Cuomo? Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, I keep saying Mario Cuomo. But Andrew Cuomo could have got reelected even with the sex scandal because people love that kind of authoritarianism. Well, I live in a city where they've had a Democrat mayor since like 1940 or something. It's like 80 years, okay? Uh, and <laughs> And... That doesn't matter how bad the city gets. It doesn't matter, and and, and you know it's that it's that way in every city. There's cities that uh, that are uh, rat holes right now that will vote for a Democrat for the next fifty years, just as they have for the last fifty or sixty. You know, Detroit, Philadelphia, pick a city, um, yeah. and so I, I the, the Great Reset could only happens because. These people keep getting reelected despite showing that they have no business being in charge of anything. Yes, this is true. But what the, the reason the rate reset is beyond just that. This isn't just because people are voting. The key difference in what happened with March 2020 was the use of emergency powers. This enabled all these governors to literally shut down their societies overnight without any parliament, without anything else. So it's hard to believe you know, uh, that necessarily, well, if, if people like places like California probably would have voted given the opportunity because they used fear um, to do that. But the whole point of this is they're taking away meat internationally. They're shutting down farms in the Netherlands, Canada, mm-hmm. Australia. They're going after high yield agriculture. They're saying we have to stop nitrogen because it's, it's harming the, it's causing more global warming. This is coming from the United Nations. It's coming from the World Economic Forum. They're getting rid of meat eating for similar reasons. They're banning cars, the World Bank. So 
it's a it's a it's a collusion of the highest level. So it doesn't matter. You know, you can live in Florida, but effect um, trying to ban meat is going to make it more expensive and cause shortages. The fact that you want to buy a gas-powered car when the World Bank is telling people that they can't, uh, they're not even going to fund it at the automaker level. When big corporate banks, as they've done in Australia, won't even finance a uh, anyone trying to buy, you can't get a car loan for a gas-powered car. Then it doesn't matter where you live, and that's where this goes beyond, oh, you know, people, in, and I get your point, people in California deserve what they get. But this is now a global thing. It's a collusion between corporate government and these international organizations like World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, United Nations. The power that's happened just in the last two and a half years is where the, the Great Reset lies, and that's why there is no escape. Like, even if you go to Florida, you're still going to hit, be hit with the effects of energy shortages, food shortages, and the transportation, what's happening at the corporate, sorry, corporate government level. Even dogs hate it. <laughs> I hear him. Uh, say hello to him for me. I got dogs of my own. Yeah. Um, um, we're talking to Mark Morano of uh, ClimateDepot.com. His book is The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Um, when do we start eating bugs, Mark? You mentioned that that's, uh, that's coming. I know they're doing it already in some places. Yes, in Australia, this is, it's hard to say parents were even aware of this, but a thousand school districts introduced cricket snacks, and they made it very palatable. They put the crickets in barbecue sauce and oils and you know, made it look like french fries or, or potato chips. Right. The kids didn't know, but it was a psychological operation. And the psychologist who was there in the interview, you can watch this video, they're telling the kids to go home and pester their parents because insects are better for the earth. So they're really working. The World Economic Forum, United Nations, Hollywood celebrities, Stephen Colbert show, they're promoting the insect paste, insect eating as a replacement for meat because insects are earth-friendly, meat's not. And as a consequence, look at what's happening in Europe. The number one meat exporter in Europe is the number one target of the net zero climate goals. Over, over 11,000 farms in the Netherlands are going to be shut down. The family-run generational farms are facing extinction due to these new policies going after the farms for the climate-friendly goals. It's amazing. And, and Bill, uh, how did Bill Gates become America's uh, largest farmland owner? I, I'm guessing uh, that's something that should uh, scare everybody. Far, he's the lar- largest farmland it owner. Should. It should. Why? Because... Because Bill Gates, well, first of all, he got it, but did it by beating China. China appears to be, they're in a competition between Bill Gates and China. Not sure who I want to win that in terms of being the single largest farmland owner. But the reason Bill Gates wants this land is very simple. He wants to have sway over agricultural policy and food policy. And what is his agenda? He openly said he wants all wealthy nations to stop eating meat. He is investing billions. Now, it's a multi-billion dollar investment industry, the synthetic fake meat. Now, I just want to be clear here. We're not talking about impossible burgers or vegetable oil processed fake meat that you get at Burger King or McDonald's. This is lab-grown meat made from stem cells in the fetal blood of cows or chickens, whatever kind of meat, and it grows in a lab as some sort of blob, and they try to match the texture of the muscle and meat, and then they put all these other uh, additives and food dye in it, and then they put it in a 3D printer and print it up. And this is what the World Economic Forum is doing. So the idea is it's not fake meat in the sense that it's oils. It's actual animal cells, but it's kind of like invasion of the body snatchers it's kind of like a blob growing in a lab that they have to then sort of harvest and try to make it as close as possible to the real animal which they got the stem cells from it's really weird stuff but this is how we're going to save the planet and how they're going to allow us to continue eating meat and that's bill gates number one agenda he's our number one single farmland owner and that's his stated goal is to get us to eat what i just described sounds delicious um so how, how do you separate uh, the, the willing accomplices uh, for the Great Reset from the dupes? And, and which uh, of, of those would describe Anthony Fauci and Joe Biden? Well, Anthony Fauci is definitely, this is his vision. In fact, in the book, he, he actually, Anthony Fauci wrote a, in a medical journal, the journal Cell, in August of 2020, Basically, an article saying that transformation of life on Earth because this is a angry Earth. COVID was a result of angry Earth and our climate out of whack. 
So someone, someone like Anthony Fauci is all about the Great Reset, all about potential experts deciding every aspect of your life, what, what your kids do, backyard barbecues. He's an architect of it, and this is a career that he wasn't always like this. He was never really, he was more of a corrupt public health guy. He was never really that authoritarian, and you could see that by going back to all his old quotes. He didn't believe in lockdowns. He didn't believe in masks. He didn't believe in vaccines. He didn't, I mean, none of that stuff. It just was recently, and he sort of got caught up into this, and this is what's so appealing to particularly unelected bureaucrats and all these uh, billionaires who can influence policy, they can make whatever they want happen. And Bill Gates is the number two donor to the World Health Organization, only second to the United States government. And the World Health Organization's entire mission during COVID was to tell the world in January and February of 2020, if you want to stop this virus, do what China's doing. And what was China doing? Unprecedented lockdowns of people in their home that had no impact on a virus, but that destroyed lives, and created economic havoc, supply chains, uh, inflation. But that also plays into their hand. That brings you guaranteed annual income. That chaos brings you the idea to collapse the current system. And centralization now of energy and food because they're claiming the markets have failed. And how did uh, Klaus Schwab achieve guru status among liberals uh, around the world? How'd that happen? I'm sorry, you repeat that question. I missed it. You oh, broke up on me. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, too. I hope we can keep this together here. How did Klaus Schwab, uh, you know, achieve guru status among these uh, liberals around the world? Good question. He started the World Economic Forum in 1971, and Klaus Schwab has been working. He's built – the reason this, his, his, he's become the sort of center – is he had an ingenious idea that has worked brilliantly for him. He has an annual, these annual meetings and sometimes semi-annual in Davos, Switzerland. And this is an opportunity for government officials of the highest level, prime ministers, presidents, everyone you can imagine, and heads of corporate global institutions, the global institutions, corporate business world. They can all get together, meet, wine, dine, lobby, decide stuff. And here's the kicker. This is all outside the purview of lobbying uh, regulations. There's no, there's no uh, limits. There's no monitoring of it. Whereas the same meeting that would take place, say, in Washington, D.C. or somewhere else would be under much greater scrutiny. So this is an idea of these people all getting together to create sort of this, like Klaus famous words where we here in this room get to decide the future of the world. I mean, he's like an evil Bond villain. But by having these meetings and bringing all these people together, everyone from Jeff Bezos to Prince Charles to Bill Gates to Al Gore to John Kerry to every president, to every prime minister, to the CEOs of all the big pharma, to the CEOs of big oil, to the CEOs of every major corporation, this is a unique thing. And it's the only – that I'm aware of, it's the only annual event – annual event anywhere in the world and he's been doing it for decades so that's how he got his power and influence that's one of the key ways well somebody needs to put a net over him and take him away but i don't think that's going to happen mark i'm out of time uh the book is the great reset global elites and permanent lockdown good stuff and good luck with the book all right thank you very much appreciate it okay we'll be right back We've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. This is John Stagerwald. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and they have a cold, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Inflation is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices, we said heck no. That's un-American. 
When times get tough, Legacy Box stands strong. Introducing the Legacy Box Inflation Busters Sale. Not $15 a tape, not $12, 9 Yes, just $9 a videotape. We're in a race to save your family's recorded past from the risk of fires, natural disasters, and the decay of time. Don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes, film reels, and fade your photos. Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud. And it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Hey, Steelers play tonight, I understand. They're playing the bronze. Don Cleveland. That's usually a good game. Well, I don't know about that, but it's, it used to be. I used, that used to be, by the way, when I was covering sports and, and I covered, I traveled with the Steelers for a long time. You know where my favorite place to go was? I mean, all the places we, I didn't care about. I don't drink and I don't go to, I, my, when I go on the road with the teams, I go eat dinner. I go back to the hotel. I go to sleep. I get up in the morning, go for a walk, and I was just happy to be able to go to the game and get paid to do it. I liked doing what I was doing. But uh, my favorite place to go, uh, without a doubt, of all the exotic trips that we could take, you know, to Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, all, the, all the great cities you could go to, Cleveland. That's what I loved. And there's a simple reason for it. It had nothing to do with Cleveland. There's nothing there. But... Uh, and I'm talking about when it was the old stadium, the old municipal stadium, which has been gone for about 20 years. 83,000 people were in that place. Uh, they used to play them on Saturday night, believe it or not, a long, long time ago. I went to one of those games when I was in college. 83,000 people and guys dressed in dog suits. I, I was always hoping that it would be ugly, like rain, uh, snowing. With snow falling, gray sky, some wind, cold, an ugly day, with the field being chunked up and just ugly. That's what I was hoping for. I don't know if it'll be that tonight, but it'll bring back some memories anyway, I hope. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Fan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.